0: Welcome to FutureX, the podcast where we look to solve the variable that is the future of Web3. Every week, we'll talk with some of the brightest minds in the blockchain and Web3 space, from top investors to founders and builders, paving the way for a decentralized world. So what is the future of blockchain? What will Web3 look like in 2050? Let's explore together.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to FutureX. Sing Futures podcast series highlighting some of the brightest minds in Web three. I'm your host today, Rachel from Sing Futures. So today we are very honored to have here Tai, the CEO, CIO, and GVC VC at SCB Ten X. Hi, Tai. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, could you give the audience a little bit uh, introduction of yourself and the fund? Yeah. Yeah,
0: sure. Thank you so much, Rachel and Singh Future, for having me. Thai Panish. Yeah. Always uh, very, very happy to talk to, to you. Um, so for me, um, actually my background is uh engineering. I uh, went to undergrad and grad school in electrical engineering and computer science at MIT. Um after I graduated, I went to work in startup. Um, directly after graduated, in Silicon Valley network microprocessor startup called Cybiv, so I'm actually a circuit design engineer. We are a circuit design. Um, so there we design network microprocessor for router, and our customer at the top, um, with the like of um Juniper, um Cisco. Uh, after one and a half year that I went to join there, um, I I joined, um as early employees and. And after one and a half year, we got acquired by Broadcom. So it was very interesting to see the startup that um, I think rose to Unicorn status quite fast within like two years and then got acquired by um, a big tech company. Um, so I got to see you know, how it was like in startup field and how it, it was like transition from a startup into integrating into a big corporate yeah so, um, I was in engineering field for five years, and then after that, I went to Harvard Business School and then uh, made a career transition into investment management. I always feel um very interested and fascinated about investing because um, I felt that um having background in technology, I actually learned a lot about the big picture of tech industry by investing um because uh it allowed us to get to understand um how things are connecting um about the supply chain, about supplier, um, customer and things like that. Yeah, so that was my reason to, to go to business school and make a career transition into investment management. So for 14 years I actually um invested in um publicly listed technology companies um in the area like um hardware, software, um internet, um robotic, AI, things like that. Yeah. so um semiconductors, semiconductor capital equipment, so across the board. And then um in 2019 I got approached by um senior management of um the Yam Commercial Bank because we went to school together in the US um about starting this unit outside the bank that will invest and build in disruptive technology uh, that, that is SCP TEDx and I thought that that idea was very interesting because um, they, they wanted to do the right thing to actually do outside the band because otherwise it would be very difficult to change the mindset of the people to invest in something that will disrupt themselves, <laughs> right? So um, yeah, I decided to to take a leap of faith and, and come here um, to help start FCB 10 x back in um, early 2020 um yeah so far it it has been a lot of fun um got to invest in a lot of uh, interesting companies and we invest in um the area that have the potential um to disrupt the banking and financial services industry and and so we have been investing in the area of uh, fintech um blockchain crypto ai and augmented tech yeah and um for SCB 10 x we not just invest, but we also build because we feel that, um, you know, to, to invest, build by partner are very important for the corporate in order to um, handle disruptive technology or innovation. And, and so that's why our unit is not just invest, but also build. So we have a um, developer in-house that has strong technical capabilities and they could build um, mobile app. They could build um, crypto, blockchain, DApp. Um, also could build in AI. Yeah, so those are the things that SVTNX is um, is known for.
1: Yeah, I was firstly very impressive to learn about that, and also actually the users of your products. So <laughs> thanks a lot for this amazing work. Um uh, can you I mean like uh, also uh brief to the audience on what is the relationship between SCB and your fund? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah so we are the um, corporate venture capital arm and venture builder of uh, SCBX. So SCBX is the holding um of um Siam commercial bank um different business so basically SCBX um, is a tech company that happened to be um, in the financial services industry and then have the bank as one of the unit. So we pretty much are one of the unit of SCBX, one of the company under SCBX holding.
1: Sure. I mean, for the audience who is not very familiar with mm. Thailand market, SCB is the, one of the largest oh. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So so um so SCBX um is the holding, but uh, of course, um the origin of SCBX is at Siam Commercial Bank. Um, Siam Commercial Bank is the largest and oldest bank in Thailand, and um the royal family started um, Siam Commercial Bank 117 years ago, and even today the Royal family still own the biggest stake of the bank. So I think we are the bank that have the long history of, um, of the banking and financial services uh, involvement. And also our bank are quite innovative and, and really um, look to implement uh, new technology and would like to be known um, as a tech company.
1: Yeah, and and can you share a little bit about the stories on how I mean S C B decided to enter this industry, and also personally yourself, how do you first discuss discover about like Bitcoin and decided to go full time in this industry? Mm, yeah, I guess in general,
0: for me, I'm always interested in technology and and um. Very much like a new area of tech because um my background has always been in tech. I have always been investing in tech uh, professionally, um previously in public listed company. But um, even during the time that I was in investment management and invest in publicly listed companies, I also do private investment on my own. And, and so their interest in the new area, um, the advanced technology, um always always like in my heart and for bitcoin i think um i have heard about them since like 2015 but really looking into detail in 2017 i remember like we were in um, a company party and then i discussed about bitcoin with um a lot of my colleagues and and we were discussing about the technology and how it will be impacting um you know the banking industry and things like that because um, at the time, we were looking at um, a lot of companies that related um, to financial services uh, and fintech. Yeah, so um, the interest in Bitcoin is more like a personal at that time. And it's really like um, not serious and, and professional until I came to SCB10X. Um, at SCB10X, at the time when we started out, we actually would. Like to find the area that um you know really could have the disruptive impact um to the bank in the next like um three to five years, and we really would like to be able to um generate like strategic um potential and go to the bank as well so we were looking at like um maybe five areas and when it come into fintech, we're looking at blockchain, but at the time there were a lot of um enterprise related blockchain which um you know people talk a lot about it, but um, it didn't really take off. But uh, when we came to DeFi, and at the time DeFi was just um, started. When we came to DeFi, we found that uh, it's quite amazing that it's actually doing the same thing as what the bank is was uh, doing, but um, could do it so much more efficient. Um, very few people um and could have a lot of um asset in the system and 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 so we thought that um something like this uh we should really um understand and find a way to partner invest, um and then introduce this to the bank because um we we look at it as like a, a software layer that um potentially could um help make um the efficiency of uh, running the back end of the bank to be much better yeah and so that's why we um came to look in detail in the early 2020 when we started SCP-10x um in DeFi and crypto area. And at the time when we started doing strategy, um, we were very fortunate that we have a lot of um bank um senior people that also involved with scb 10 x as a board member. So at the time the bank also have the ambition of um building the blockchain-based bank. So it's very, very um, helpful in that um, we could find um, very interesting and and very, very good um, infrastructure, blockchain infrastructure company and they could also be the customer and and the bank could be the customer of this company. So not only that we could be the investor, but the bank could also be the customer and that um, worked very well that we could um, get into very good deal that um many people would like to get in but couldn't get in because we could be both investor and the strategic customer to them.
1: I see. Um, I mean you look at I mean multiple sectors and you you also hold I mean multiple roles uh mm-hmm. within SDB C B 10x. So how do you structure your day and uh, say what is a normal day look like your side yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know, Rachel. I think uh being a CEO is um you do everything. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I do everything. Um I do investment, I do business development, I talk to um, you know, my PR team. I have to talk to uh people who want to come to do partnership with us or want us to help something, I have to make a lot of introduction. Um yeah, and, and that's always like problem you know internally like I say people want to do something they couldn't do it and, and how to help them uh we have to fill some role we don't have enough uh talent in particular area so the day always changing um but i try to structure the day so that um like in the morning um when you know my mind is still fresh i get to read a lot of things because I feel that um, this job, the most interesting part is about learning new things. And I try to, you know, do a lot of calls, if possible, in the morning, because like that's when I feel precious um, to talk to the entrepreneurs and things like that, yeah, in the morning. And then um, later, part of the day, is, is a lot of operation. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and in terms of uh investments uh you i think you you um did business and as well i mean help uh, with different company across different regions uh, in u s singapore Thailand so, mm-hmm. um I mean, what are the similarities and differences uh, between the companies that uh you've been seeing in those regions mm,
0: yeah so um I would have to say that uh, the um, the company in like um u s israel europe um probably still more well established in terms of like business model and the market target um and and so we we tend to see a lot of talents um that came out with um unique business model uh try to capture the market from there um in Asia I still feel that um a lot of time the, the entrepreneurs um are still not as uh well thought out in terms of a business model probably still have to take some time a lot of time like a um, more unique business model tend to come from like um u s europe israel, and then um the business model in Asia tend to be like um the combination of what we've seen already um, in those markets, or um, replication of what we already seen before, um, I I still really want to encourage um, the entrepreneurs in Asia to come out with the unique business model um, that we have not seen before, or the combination of something that we have seen before but combine into one. Yeah. So 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 that, that's what I feel. Um, and then um really hopeful that uh, in the future a lot of talents that um study abroad you know in the u s uh would come back into Asia and then um start like uh, all interesting companies like i think like like you at the uh, some future and Matt, right. right um you guys uh study abroad and then come back uh in this area and, and we also seen um some of the entrepreneurs in Thailand as well like Bank of the Call and alpha finance they study abroad and come back here and started um uh company and and projects that are um, more innovative yeah so so in general like um feel that um the talents are still a lot more um in the West compared to in the east, and I really would like to encourage um people who um have seen um a lot of uh interesting idea from the West to come back and then start new things in the east and then entrepreneurship too. Um, I, I feel that a lot of time in Asia, um, entrepreneurship might still be considered like a lifestyle in, in some country, like in Thailand, for example, some people like to be entrepreneur, but um, they like entrepreneurship um, to be like a SME, so they like to be their own boss, but they don't like to actually push themselves to grow exponentially um and then try to exit the business very fast. They just want to be um, you know, like a, in a startup like business for 20 years, for example. But um something like that is fine, no problem at all, right? But then if um entrepreneurs who want to get the funding from VC, they also have to understand that then um VC will have to push them to grow exponentially because that's um the way um BC will have to push for the exit within the lifetime of um their fund, things like that. Yeah, so so that's what I feel too, that um the mindset of um startup founder in in US, in China and, and in the West are um very much like um, they try to grow as fast as possible and then want to exit. But um a lot of uh startups in Asia I still feel Except outside, except China, um, outside China, I still feel that um, a lot of entrepreneurs still have this um, uh, mindset that uh, sometimes they really don't understand that um, maybe they should push themselves to grow exponentially and then try to, um, exit as fast as possible.
1: Yeah, that's actually also true in some areas in China. I mean, like treated more as and family business, and mm-hmm. and would hand over the business to their, I mean, uh, their siblings or or their sons and daughters rather than handing over to, an, I mean, like professionals. So that's uh, that's also thing mm-hmm. in quite a lot yeah. of areas. Yeah, but that's uh, no no problem,
0: right? Entrepreneurship come in like different form and and uh, intention but i guess like uh, for startup that really want to get the funding from vc they also have to understand about this angle because like vc have to return the money to our limited partner and, and within a certain time frame right? and, and and sometimes i feel that the startup don't understand why is it that the vc push them quite hard <laughs> so it's about the alignment of objective
1: yeah. and you also pointed out a very important product i mean like yes uh the uh the west uh i mean u.s euro still leading in terms of uh, technology developments and so i'm not sure whether you are seeing like more talents uh coming back to asia to to build, or actually the trend is the other way around i mean for the past few one past one or two years yeah yeah
0: mm, i think because of um crypto and blockchain we have seen yeah the the brain drain back to the country and out to Asia, I think, because the opportunity to to work um anywhere or work um flexibly with the uh, people in different regions, right? Work remotely so you can have talent in multiple countries and then um and, and and so that is um much better because sometimes um you kinda uh constrain in terms of a talent like I say if you have to be in Thailand and then um you have to find the talent set base in Thailand to work with you and then you cannot find the talent you better be in the US and find the talent over there, right? Then that will limit you from for, for coming back um to Thailand. But now it's very different like um with uh, crypto blockchain you can work remotely anywhere. So we saw that uh, some of the founders coming back to Thailand, like that team is still spread out everywhere based on wherever the talents are. So I think that also helped in terms of um the talents have that flexibility of coming back home and then um try to help proliferate, you know, this type of um new technology in the country. I, I seen in other countries like um Indonesia, Philippines, right? Vietnam as well
1: yeah and also you're pointing out that the um i mean like uh, many of the business models still originated from the west but uh then i mean what do you see uh the the advantage uh, opportunities out there for asian entrepreneurs and mm. and uh, which sector could this advantage be translating into right i mean like uh in a global scale to to compare with mm. the peers uh, west, yeah
0: yeah, I think in general regulation is quite tough in US right now, right? And and so in other area outside the US um is is uh, it's much more friendly in terms of regulation. So that that is one thing that can be advantage <laughs> 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 On on our internet to um to be in other locations outside the US. And Asia, of course, like um, you know, the cost of living here is um is much Deeper, and then um, yeah the lifestyle can be quite fun <laughs> yeah. and the growth is, is here as well right Um, a lot of um, applications and and projects in the U.S. are um, there are many of them um but there are uh, not many yet in Asia so if you could come out with like a unique project or Project that um similar to what already happened in the US, but you inject the differentiation, maybe the culture or the angle of the um different type of um you know Asian culture business model type that could capture um the audience differently, the user differently. I think that might also be
1: yeah, definitely. Thanks for pointing out the way for many entrepreneurs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, regulations become tougher, and uh, I would say, I mean, and also there's lots of, I mean, um, uh, turmoil out there in the market for the past years, and uh, um, can I understand, I mean, in terms of investments, uh, I mean, have um, has uh, SCB changed your investment approach during the past year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think in
0: general like um for us we as a corporate venture capital, we always have to do a lot of uh due diligence anyway, even um with the uh, crypto blockchain during the peak um the route close pretty fast, but we always have to do a lot of um due diligence, so when the project that have to close pretty fast we we just like take our entire team and then divide the team into different tasks and then try to um you know do diligence um as deep as possible um by divine conquer. But um I, I, I guess that um you know with the crypto winter and all the issue that happened um on counterparty related or on the fact that um um there's a fraud going on, um our diligence become deeper. And we also have to do um a lot more in terms of uh, the customer reference um the reference in general about like um the founder and team and things like that yeah. um and then the technology behind how they party that the regulation that might um have an impact and things like that so i i I think that that uh, one way that um different is that uh, it become even deeper due diligence than before uh, for us you know we always um look for a certain area that we would like to invest and in. we um, we invest in more serious projects i think in general like we invest in uh, first thing the infrastructure the blockchain infrastructure area and a lot of time we really try to see whether there's a potential to fit into um our blockchain based bank. And then the second thing that uh, we invest we invest in application in a blockchain that parallel to traditional finance. Um, so it has always been that um, we haven't really invested in like an FT project uh, or any project that um seemed a little bit more of a, a fad um during like the past two years. Yeah we always have to be able to answer our bank board about why we invest in you know these projects and and um, why will it benefit um, to the financial services industry and things like that. Yeah. So so in that angle, um, I I would think that um, it doesn't change that much in terms of the projects that we look to invest and we continue to invest. But um, I think since um, the second half of last year, um, we actually really look to invest in the project that um, intersection between AI and blockchain as well. We, we think that uh, blockchain technology is definitely a game changing and um we continue to be very excited. But we think that there's a lot of intersection between blockchain and AI that could make the company um, have a deeper mode as well. And and so we have been in the project, have been investing in the project like um together.xyz that, that, that just announced the funding round yesterday. So they do um decentralized cloud AI. Um, they pull together the underutilized CPU resources and um, those computing power can be used to train the AI foundation model and large language models. Um, so it's um it's a decentralized cloud that um really focus on AI, use um, the computing power for fine tuning the model, training the model, things like that. Yeah. And then um, the way they use blockchain is that they use blockchain part for the payment um, to pay to the supplier of GPU. Um, the user can use blockchain to pay the supplier. So it makes the payment um, become much more efficient. And we thought that something like that is um, very interesting because of course, like we have heard a lot that um, the cloud um provider now um see the computing power shortage because um you know a lot of big models like um OpenAI, GPT, 4 things like that takes a lot of computing power to train the model. And so um to pull together the unused or underutilized resource of GPU that are everywhere in the world um to be used to to train the model. That is um, something that uh, we are ex- excited about. And then um, this company together, they also have the platform that uh, they host the open source large language model, because we also believe in um, open source decentralization, the community, you know, come together and then um, help push the development in technology. It's actually the same ethos of um, blockchain. But now that it has also come to AI as well.
1: Yeah, interesting. Are there any other uh, areas uh, that's being I mean, like combining the services of AI and blockchain mm-hmm. together that you are interested in, and and you see great potential uh, in? Yeah, no, we see other projects
0: like um, uh, a company called Optic that use AI. Uh, computer vision to solve that problem about fraud in NFT. Um, basically authentication of NFT using computer vision, right? Yeah, so that's also a combination of um AI and NFT. So many projects are trying to do this and then we hosted hackathon, blockchain hackathon recently at SVTNX. It's called Bangkok Blockathon. And one of the team actually develop this uh, project that um use chat GPT combined with wallet discover uh wallet recovery. So a lot of time um you know there's an issue with the uh, wallet recovery so they try to use ChatGPT as a social recovery of the Web3 wallet. <laughs> so there are different things that people are exploring right now, combining you know, blockchain, web3 and AI. And I thought that the idea it's interesting that a lot more that they have to to develop um in order to make the the idea um to actually be able to be a standalone company but it's it is a first start and then yeah there are many things like this happening right now.
1: Yeah, interesting. I, I'm i also very fascinated and excited about the developments. Uh, and uh, I've always been thinking, like, uh, what is the real applications of blockchains? And here it goes. I mean, uh, with an AI coming to play, and you know that the barriers of company will certainly break, right? Like CheckGPT, uh, it does not only get information from one single company, right? But uh, it would... Uh, it would help you to source from different, com- I mean, traditional companies. And then it has to be a very open model uh, in order to maximize mm. impact, right? But yeah. uh, for that to work, well, you always need an economic incentive and a way of organizing um, different parties. And uh, blockchain naturally come to fit, right? I mean, there's mm. already one kinds of incentive model out there for AI, this blockchain. So mm-hmm. yeah, yep. yeah, it would be exciting to see. Yeah. How how do you I mean like um uh I'm not sure I mean there's lots of discussion out there. I mean I am certainly one of a believer that I mean like uh human and AI does not have a huge difference. But but from your perspective, mm-hmm. uh if I am like in in five years, 10 years, uh internet should be shaped by the true technology definitely, right? So 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 how do you see um I mean like in five or ten years uh how the how the two could intersect together and what could be the possible difference uh and product offerings uh that we see uh uh in the tech space yeah <laughs> that's so hard to predict five to ten years from now I, I just feel that
0: um you know with um Creative AI. It's it make um AI much more interesting in terms of like creativity because before you well we have AI for a long time but you told um the model to do certain things so you kind of control them but then now you kind of have them create things um whatever possible right from the data that they have seen um when they got trained and and so now there's a lot of creativity and. There are many things that um you can do. So we actually have one, uh project that we are incubating right now in s. c. Ten X, that um use AI, use generative AI to, to do interior design. So you can actually take a picture of, let's say, a garage, and you want to convert that garage into a living room, and then it will take like um you know the size of the space, um and then recommend. Um, how it can look at use personally like dirty AI right, to generate image and it can generate like as many images as as you wanted. And then um it will generate like four at a time. So just keep on, you know, clicking, clicking and then it will generate like different type of uh, picture for you. And then you can also click too that you want like a contemporary, you want like uh, the country style, you want drastic style and it will totally suggest like um different type of things for you and, and so something like that yeah is very interesting because um it can be very creative right anything yeah, could happen
1: <laughs> I, yeah i'm one of the potential customers who move a lot i need such yeah, yeah.
0: that's right yeah Well, no, because like in the past when people use ikea they use ikea because they like that ikea give them you know the suggestion how the room should look like if you don't have time you go to IKEA and you just look at, oh yeah, this I living room remember. can look like this. And I'm not a creative person. I like suggestion, right? And and I want to see like how how it will be like and then use the GPI to generate any possibility at all. Um use the picture from the internet and then generate. And then in the future we want them to be able to connect um these to, to the real furniture. So, for example, like they would, they should be able to recommend the furniture that generate generate from the picture, right? Something that kind of match match or similar to whatever in the picture. This you can find here, and then you can click and buy.
1: Yeah, the furniture. definitely. Yeah, commerce. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. So it has to link to e commerce. So so many things like this can happen, and then um, you know, people are very creative and. And I think that's uh the ethos of um open source uh, decentralization because like the moment you let um the model to to be open source, people all over the world come and then um use it and then they come out with all type of you know application that um nobody thought about it before. Because like um let's say if um Facebook um, just keep that model internally and don't open it out. It will be the Facebook engineers that try to come out with a new application, right? But the moment they open it out, open source, so people all over the world in any geography location could um, decide to take um, this in different ways, new type of application, new vertical, things like that. Yeah, so it's actually quite amazing that the power of the mass um could really really come up with um totally new things that we never thought about before how to use all this how to use this technology yeah. and, and and I really also believe that um the technology the advanced technology like this it should it should not be in the hands of a few but it should be um open source decentralized and yeah people should be able to benefit and and use all together
1: yeah. But are you concerned about uh the futures uh where I mean mm-hmm. AI actually combined with uh blockchains uh to I mean lots of humans might cease to, <laughs> uh, I mean mm-hmm. like I mean I might might even be cease to exist and then uh I mean like could be replaced by that, right? Because I think like one one day I wake up and realize that blockchain is the currencies of uh AI and uh, machine. (laughs) If you think about it, our financial (laughs) system. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, Bitcoin uh, is a system and it needs someone to help provide machine, I mean, computing power and storage. And how? I mean, like, as a machine, you don't have any power and cash. So he mm. invented a Bitcoin network, invented this thing called Bitcoin, right? So basically the machine just writes some codes and then um, mm-hmm. people from all around the world would uh, work towards providing anything a machine like right, so so I mean, like, are you concerned about uh the potential future when, when the truth comes, <laughs> to <become> too horrible? <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that's a that might be a good problem to have which means that uh, we are so advanced in technology. I, I I still really believe in, you know, um, humanity, in terms of like uh, people are so smart. Just give them the problem to solve, and then they will find a way. And I think like, you know, during COVID-19, we already seen people thought it could be like the end of the world and, you know, give time and came out with the vaccination and yeah. yeah, And and now it's no longer an issue. Yeah, so I really believe in um, the intelligence of human. (laughs) (laughs) That we will find a way to control all this uh, artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah that's true yeah even if there's something happens and uh, the very small groups of uh intelligent people could find a way out right could <laughs> find a way out yeah <laughs> yeah let's look forward to that yeah, yeah yeah but
0: that's that's a very good point i really should think about that, that uh, and can the machine take over the financial system because of you know blockchain is the financial system for the machine right? yeah yeah
1: but I mean, like it would be very. I still feel like it's very exciting to live in such age to witness all of this happening, right? Mm. See. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. I That's yeah. A, yeah.
1: I know. I know. I like. I like
0: that uh, phrase from Lenin when he said that there's like, there's a decade when nothing happened, and then there's a, and then there's the week that the kid happened. And yeah, right now I just feel so excited. I feel like I'm so lucky to came into um SCB 10X and then immediately, you know, this like DeFi took off in a big way and then now I'm here and then generative AI is take off in a big way because actually like um AI area has been there for a long time. Actually my young, my older sister studied national language processing in college. And I used okay. to talk to her like what are you studying in LP? What it is like natural language. And then she would tell me about NLP or like Twenty more than twenty years, right? Nothing really happened until recently. That um, if you know in LP, that's it. It's really good for for your career. That you can yeah. do all these like uh, large language model development,
1: <laughs> so keep AI. Yeah, but for ordinary people who's not um uh, that sophisticated, uh, mm-hmm. in my uh, AI area, are there any resources and in- uh that you recommend for people to learn more about I mean like how AI and blockchain could I mean combine and offer revolutionary products to people or are there any I mean like recommendations that you make uh to to to, to normal I mean like persons with limited knowledge yeah or have um mm. publishing been publishing any of the uh, research or I mean refer to any of the research sources or any mm recommend to people? yeah, I see
0: no, um, we do a lot of uh, study internally, and then we do a lot of research, but yeah, maybe we should open that to public so that's a very oh, interesting idea but, but uh, never- <laughs> yeah. yeah but but in general, like um that is so much available online for people to go read like um I think Sequoia published a very good paper on generative AI that we mm-hmm. all read and then um things state of AI. Um, every year they wrote about like, um, what's happening, um, on AI, you know, like what's happening, what's interesting related re- to AI, so state of AI is something that uh, people should like, um, really go read and, and understand, but yeah, but in general, like, um, so much available online right now can just go ahead and all the paper too, because like when we look at um all these creative AI area we just read a lot of papers and then you know it it will always have like um link to um other areas that um you can check it out and and yeah everything is available right now I'm am very jealous of um you know the students nowadays the young generation because I think back then when we you are very young too when I studied um there's no resources like this that available online.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. And I just realized that the topic is so interesting that we're running out of time. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, one very important uh, part that I would love to learn from you uh, is about uh, women in crypto, women in crypto. You also mentioned that your sister's being in this stage and the space, and you yourself is definitely a role model for lots of women's, uh, uh who are interested in the tech sector, right? But um. Are you seeing like more opportunity for women in today's mm-hmm. time? Uh and and why, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I think definitely there's a lot of opportunity because um I think in general we, we see women um in high position, especially in Asia, right? I think, um and, and US as well. But um yeah. I I think that um, for women in general, um, there's always a lot of um, responsibility, right? That um, we have to balance between like family and career. And then I, I see a lot of um, my friends who probably even much more smarter than me and more capable than me. Um, they have to choose um, to probably take like um, a bit backseat in their career because they want to balance the family uh, responsibility. Um, I, I think in general, like um, for me, I try to get as much help as possible. Um, when my daughter was born, I actually moved back to Asia because I feel that um, if I continue to be in the US, uh, in New York at the time, I wouldn't be able to, to do that much uh, in my career um having like a young uh child y in investment management so i i moved back here um because in asia you you could get a lot of help right from your family or from um the helper and things like that because i i like i enjoy working <laughs> i actually have a lot of energy and and so like every day i am always full of energy and i want to do things and for me, like the worst thing that could happen is that um, I don't get to learn new things, or I get to do new things, or I promise people that I would do something and then I couldn't deliver, or I think that I wanted to do this, our team do this, and then we could do, we couldn't do until the end. That is like my worst nightmare. I just want to see things through, and 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 so like um you know the balancing between um career and family. I think that's the I think the most, the most like difficult thing for for women, and and so I would suggest that um probably like you have to think about your priority in life. Um, people have different priority in life, but I know myself that I have way too much energy to actually not spending on something that I want to do, and so I try to optimize by finding help, um as much as possible, and I travel a lot. Um, I. Therefore, like um, you know, ask my in-laws to actually come to live with me, and that ah. is also something that uh very different too. Because I think for a lot of um women, right, um, yeah. they they might find it a little bit difficult to actually uh living with their in-laws because they have to adjust um the way of living. But for me, I I don't mind. I'm very lucky. I have uh the in-laws who are very understanding and and very nice. So they are also here to help me, um, you know, with my child and things like that. Yeah. So, so I think it's depend. My my advice, um, the most for a woman who really would like to develop their career is is to to seek help, um, find help, and then also have mentor. Um, I have people who are my mentor. I don't think they know that they are my mentor, but I always like reach out to people when I want to get advice and. Um, always like kind of have the people who um, either in the career path that uh, you really want to go to or the Mm -hmm. people that you really admire in that career and then then like um, uh, for advice and in general for career wise I would suggest people to think about like what they want to achieve in three years and five years and then see what they what they're doing right now is that going towards that three years plan and five year plan because if it's not then they probably should should change because like what you're doing today um you know should should be um helping you to achieve the goal in three years and five years otherwise you should adjust your life right now because there are a lot of um a lot of time that I feel that um you know I should I should change and then I was like, oh that's too comfortable. Um maybe like wait for another year. And then w- when when you start feeling like that, it's actually the time to change always. And then um don't don't procrastinate or don't um prolong. When when you have that feeling you have to always think about um the past, you know, three years, five years from now. <laughs> That that is my opinion, yeah. When people ask me on the advice for the career, yeah, that that's I always advise and always thinking about like um how you plan for the next three years. Because what you're doing today should be helping toward achieving that goal. Otherwise you should probably change and then have the mentor who can help um you giving the advice because sometimes when, when you are the general in the middle of your own war, you wouldn't see it clearly. But at the people who have been in similar war or they have seen people in similar war that can give you good advice.
1: Yeah, that's very, very helpful. Um, but In terms of finding good mentors, do you have any suggestions uh, for women? Say, I mean, how do you find one? And did you just, I mean, like, uh, take the initiative to approach uh, those mm. mentors? How, how do you, mm. I mean, find, find their help? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I. I have people that I admire who are men and women, and you know i just I just approach them yeah I went to talk to them, and I just ask people to introduce me to them and then go talk to them, try to keep in touch, you know, always like um make sure um if there is any excuse, you meet them or you' bring them to to talk and um yeah continue to keep in touch and and get advice uh when you need but um make sure that um you know you also like be there for them as well if they need help or they need anything make make sure that um uh they know that uh they that that uh, you really feel gratitude to it the help yeah
1: you see Thanks very much indeed. It's very, very helpful and appreciate all the advices and mm-hmm. insights that you offers. And uh, I mean, I like, would also wish you yourself and uh, your funds and every success, mm-hmm. right? In the industry yeah. as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank Bye you, everybody. Rachel.
0: Thanks for listening to the Future X podcast. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this episode.